Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 6th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to have you here on the podcast as usual. Of course, it is NBA final season, and I cannot recommend highly enough that you check out our two NBA Finals podcasts, Locked On Warriors with Danny LaRue and Locked On Cavaliers with Chris Manning. They do a fantastic job covering the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland Cavaliers. So if you are in need of your NBA Finals fix, I highly suggest you check out those podcasts and get the lowdown from the people that cover the teams on a daily basis. Check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Lots of stuff coming up on the Locked On Podcast Network as well as we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the draft. The Locked On Podcast Network is getting together uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to do a lot of draft material together. So get excited for that. Lots to come on there. And of course, here on Locked On Magic, we are going to talk a lot about the draft as well. There hasn't been too much of an update as far as news coming out of the Amway Center telling us who's moving, it, who's going in and out of the building. Uh, a couple of players I profiled on yesterday's episode as I caught up to some of our player profiles. Uh, Ike Anibogu and Tyler Lydon were both in the Amway Center or in the last week or so. Uh, so the Magic are certainly doing their homework and are certainly getting some of these guys that they're going to pick with 25 in. No word yet who they're taking or who they're looking at taking or, or even who they brought in outside of Dennis Smith and, and I guess Zach Collins as well uh, at the sixth pick, but that's going to pick up two. We are Thursdays officially two weeks away from the NBA draft. So we're going to kind of slow things down a little bit here as we talk about the NBA draft uh, and, and take a look back at history. And today's a special kind of mailbag episode. I'm going to, I'm going to answer some questions from the mailbag uh coming up here in a little bit. Uh, but one of the questions I got that, that I'll preview here was, give me a reason to be excited about the sixth pick in this year's draft. And I'm going to answer that more specifically and say why I think the players that the Magic are picking from are certainly reason to be excited. But let's take a little trip into the way back machine, or not the way, way back machine, but into the, into the past year. The sixth overall pick has, in recent years, been a solid choice. When you look at players that have been picked sixth, you get some pretty good players. Over the last six years, let's take a look back at who has been picked at six. 2011 is probably the one bust. And I'm not even sure if he's a bust. We're going to find out if he's a bust pretty soon because he's apparently coming back. 2011, the Washington Wizards picked Jan Vesely. Jan Vesely was... Uh, an athletic forward coming from Europe, just never really jived with the NBA game. Really struggled to find his place. The Wizards eventually kind of dumped him, uh, and he was gone before you could even get to a second contract. So certainly, first round in the NBA was a complete bust. He did not live up to the expectations 
a really good athlete, could finish around the rim, struggling with some of his other skills. But believe it or not, this story has a happy ending, I think. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Jan Vesely. Vesely went, up, went back over to Europe and tore it up in EuroLeague and had a fantastic EuroLeague this year. His team, I think, was is in the finals for EuroLeague. And it's expected he wants to give the NBA another try. And there are a couple teams lining up to, to bring him in and give him, a, give him that second chance. So the sixth pick didn't work out for the Washington Wizards, but still seems like he's going to have a chance to make it in the NBA. That could still turn into a quality NBA player. He was a project, someone that probably needed a little more time than the Wizards were willing to give, but such is life, and, and obviously the talent is there, and Vesely's going to get a second chance. In 2012, things start to get really good for the sixth pick. That's when Damian Lillard was picked with the sixth pick of the 2012 draft. Obviously, we know Damian Lillard's exploits now. He is a, a clear first option player, one of the best scorers in the league, one of the best fourth quarter players in the league, um, great point guard, not only uh, can score, can distribute a little bit, um, has some shortcomings to his game, no doubt, but th- the fact that Damian Lillard hasn't been an all-star more than he has been is frankly a little ridiculous because he has been very, very good in the wake of LaMarcus Aldridge leading, he's led Portland to the playoffs in back-to-back years. Portland feels like, I think they went to back-to-back years. Did they go to the playoffs last year? I think they did. Um, Portland feels like they have their star core. They have that star player that they can really build around in Damian Lillard. They felt that way. Even when they had LaMarcus Aldridge, they felt like Damian Lillard was a star, and there is no reason to believe that he is not a star. Picked with the sixth pick in the draft. Solid player. Um, you know, more than a solid player. He is a he is an all-star. He's a, to me, he's a perennial all-star. He should be in the all-star game every year. Uh, and uh, I, it's frankly ridiculous that he isn't. The hits, that was the, probably the biggest hit at the sixth pick in the last few years, but still some solid players coming up. In 2013, the New Orleans Pelicans picked Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel was supposed to be the top pick in the 2013 draft. The only reason he slipped was because he had a torn ACL. And and the New Orleans Pelicans picked him up, traded him to Philadelphia, where he had a solid run with the Philadelphia 76ers. He was a good shot blocker, still developing a little bit offensively, but more about his defense right now, which was what was expected of him. Philadelphia shipped him to Dallas at the trade deadline last year, and looks like Dallas is going to give him a max contract. New Orleans Noel is far from an all-star, far from a perfect player, but he is exactly what people thought he would be entering the NBA. He is a shot blocker and defender and rim protector, and probably one of the better ones in the league that people don't really know because of all the craziness that was going on in in Philadelphia at the time at that center spot. So, you know, I I, I think that that he is certainly a, a solid pick. I, I certainly have to give Philadelphia a, a passing grade on that pick. I mean, I I'm someone that believes if you get a usable player in the NBA draft, you've done a good job. I mean, the NBA draft is a little bit of a crapshoot, and certainly at 61, a player that can contribute a little bit more, be a starter. Nerlens Noel is certainly a starter. Damian Lillard's certainly a starter, certainly an all-star. Um, Nerlens Noel is a starter. The guy who was picked sixth in 2014, also a quality, probably a quality starter, Marcus Smart, a guy that the Magic were really looking at for two years in both 2013 and 2014. Um, he pulled his name out of the 2013 draft. When in the 2014 draft, Magic went with Aaron Gordon instead of Marcus Smart. Um, I, the jury's still out on that one. I think Aaron Gordon's upside's higher, 
But Marcus Smart has turned into a very quality role player for the Boston Celtics, for the top-seeded Boston Celtics at that. Great defender. Um, again, a, a, a not just a good contributor, a quality contributor. He, he's a role player. He's not a star, but he does his role well. He's clearly got a long future in this league. 2015, the Sacramento Kings took Willie Cauley-Stein with the sixth pick. Uh, was a little bit of a, a rough start for Willie Cauley-Stein. Um, like Nerlens Noel, he's a rim protector, shot blocker, defender, a little bit slighter, you know, had some trouble adjusting to the NBA, but last year, his sophomore year, especially after DeMarcus Cousins left, Cauley Stein really started to come into his, come into his own. So I, I think the jury is still out on Willie Cauley Stein. I, I don't think we're quite ready to make any final judgments on him, but it's looking like it's going to be an okay pick for Sacramento. It should be a solid pick for the Kings. In 2016 as well, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans picked Buddy Heald with the sixth overall pick. That pick had its rough edges. Heald really struggled to shoot the ball to start the season. Uh, eventually, the Pelicans traded him to Sacramento as part of the Anthony Davis deal. And in Sacramento, Heald started to find his rhythm again. It's expected that Heald's going to be an all-rookie first-teamer. Um, so I think Heald is, is slowly finding his way in the NBA. He's, again, got a role as a three-point shooter. If he can make three-pointers, he will find a place in this league. Um, and so, it's just a matter of uh, of him finding his way. Um, so, you know, if you want to call him on the on the on the back end there, so be it. Like with everything with the draft, I, the draft to me is a crapshoot. I, I really do believe that. If you can get a usable player in the draft, you've done a good job. Six, you should get a, a solid player. There's been some weak drafts of late, but certainly, certainly with this draft, with with the way teams have picked at six. They get quality players. They get good players. And that's what's going to turn me to our first mailbag question. Of course, you can check out the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag for my complete answers up on orlandomagicdaily.com. But I'm going to answer a few quick questions here for about uh, maybe, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten minutes, something like that. Um, You know, I want to make sure I get this question uh, right. Um, Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. From Michael Bowers via from Michael Bowers who sent this question via email, Fultz, Ball, and Jackson will be gone. Looking more and more likely, Fox will be too. That means we're stuck with the second tier of Tatum, Isaac, Smith, Monk. Please convince me this isn't depressing. Please make a case that we won't just draft another mediocre player that is either out of the league or becomes a decent bench option in five years. That seems to be our mo. Well, the first step, of course, is uh, the first step, of course, is to say. New management, so throw out all the old mos. Something new is going to happen. Uh, but like I like I just described with the with the former top, with the former six overall picks of the last five or six years, you tend to get quality players. Even in weak drafts, you tend to get a quality player at six. Jan Vesely is the only true bust. Nerlens Noel is a starter. Marcus Smart is arguably a starter. Buddy Heald looks promising. Willie Cauley Stein looks promising, and Damian Lillard is an all star. So there. 
that historically at six, you're going to get a good player. In this draft, I think you're going to get more than a good player. This draft is especially deep at the very top. And I think when you look at the options in that top six, Fultz, Ball, I mean, look at the, honestly, look at the options that were named in the email from, from Michael. Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson, Jason Tatum, Jonathan Isaac, Dennis Smith, Malik Monk. That is seven players. And Darren Fox, that is eight players to choose from. Eight, uh, honestly, and I'll say this about all eight of those players, eight players who I think do have star potential and can be very, very good. Now, are they super-duper star? Are they, you know, kind of the LeBron, Kevin Durant level that kind of gets you into that championship picture? No. And I don't even think, I love Markel Fultz. I don't even think Markel Fultz is at that level. But all eight of those players, I think, do have the ability to be not just good contributors at the NBA level, but high-level contributors as well. The question then becomes just what kind of risk do you take with the options that are available? I'm a big believer in you only assess the options you have available. You can't lament that you can't get Markel Fultz because you don't have the number one pick. That's, that's, that's irrelevant now. Um, but you look at the options the Magic have available, and, and I'll, I'll just look at that second tier that Michael describes. Um, we'll talk a lot more about these guys, um, but and, and I'm sure I've talked a little bit about them already, but Dennis Smith Jr., to start off with from NC State. He's already been in Orlando. I've talked about him extensively. He is very good at getting into the paint and creating and creating shots for himself and creating for others. He scored a lot at NC State. He has a lot of reason to believe that his stats will translate to the NBA, that his skills will translate to the NBA because he can break people down off the dribble and get into the paint and, and create efficient shots. It's not to me, what is impressive about Smith is not that not his scoring ability. It was how efficient he was as a scorer attacking the basket, attacking the paint, uh, and scoring on a team where he was the guy, where defenses had to focus on him. So I'm very, very high on Dennis Smith. I think that he is certainly very capable of taking that big leap that the Magic need and being that central player Orlando needs to build an offense around. I think he can be that player. Um, Jason Tatum, I talked about him a little bit last week. Very good mid-range score, very good isolation score. Um, can can affect games even if he doesn't have the ball because he can shoot it a little bit uh, and do some other things like attack the glass a little bit and rebound. Uh, he's got a little bit more development to go, and I think you you've got to go draft him with the thought of making him the star. Whereas I think Dennis Smith, if he doesn't become a star, he'll be a solid starter. I, I mean, I, I really believe that. I mean, I, I think that Smith has that potential. Tatum. Tatum, I think you got to put the ball in his hands right now because because that's just his game. He's, you know, a lot of people compare him to Carl Anthony. If that's a ceiling, Tobias Harris is kind of his floor. They're very similar players in that way where they, you know, kind of like to, to stop the ball a little bit on offense and, and work the mid-range game in isolation. Tatum's a very good isolation player, though, and 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 it's going to be interesting to see how, how he translates. But he certainly, if he can be that star and he can, you know, if he can do all those things that he did at Duke where he was very, very good, then he's going to... To be, then he's going to be a really, really good pick. And I think that there's a reason why draft experts are really looking highly at him. Uh, Malik Monk is probably the best shooter in this draft. Um, if Orlando needs shooting, that's him, if that's what they want to target. Um, he scored, what was it, 47 against North Carolina. 
can score a lot of points in a hurry, took over a lot of games at Kentucky. Um, you know, I, I listened to an interview with him recently. He said he's used to having the ball in his hands, and last year was a little bit of a difference for him going off the ball. So there's some thought that maybe he can play point guard. I'm not quite sold on that. I think his size, he's six foot three, is a little bit of a disadvantage uh, at the shooting guard position. But certainly, you need to, if you, you need, and the Magic have for a long time needed just a flamethrower, a guy who just gets hot all of a sudden. You know, Jason Richardson did it did it for a while. Gilbert Arenas actually did it once or twice in, in a Magic uniform in his uh, year in Orlando. Um, Orlando needed that guy. All, you know, even those championship teams, I think, needed a guy outside of Dwight Howard who would just get hot. And, and the system worked for Orlando where they didn't really need that. But, um, you know, sometimes you need a guy that can force the issue a little bit. I don't know if that's Monk, but, it, but Monk can light up a scoreboard very, 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 very quickly. And finally, Jonathan Isaac, um, probably one of the biggest mysteries in the draft to me, uh, but he can really develop into a strong player. I'm really, I'm, I, I'm not the biggest Jonathan Isaac guy, but I do think that he can develop into a star player. It's going to take a little bit longer with him, but he's got the physical tools. He's got the ability. It's just about getting a, getting the confidence and aggression to become that player. And I think he can certainly do that. Let me answer a couple other questions here from my mailbag on on the show here. Uh, one that I got a lot uh, was, uh, what type of trade value do, does Alfred Payton, Nikola Vucevic, and Evan Fournier have? That came from at AllMagic4Life1. Um, I also got a couple of questions about what, you know, what are the Magic going to do with Alfred Payton? Are they going to target a point guard? Um, you know, I, I'm going to say this about targeting a point guard with the sixth pick. Certainly, if the draft falls the way I think it's going to fall, Dennis Smith is, is at the top of my board. Um, you know, I, I think Dennis Smith is definitely a guy you go for. Uh, but I don't think the Magic should go into this draft focused solely on a position. The, the fact of the matter is they need everything. That you know, Going from where they were, 35 wins to 29 wins last year, with the amount of assets and money that they spent, was a huge step back. And, and, and the Magic clearly need to add some talent to increase their talent base uh, and, and just improve at every position. A lot of people have put the focus on the point guard position just because of general dissatisfaction with Alfred Payton. Uh, and the belief that his shooting is 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 definitely a real problem, and I'm not going to totally disagree with that. Uh, but I don't think the Magic are in a position where they have to trade him. Uh, I, I, I've said this about Nikola Vucevic for several years. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast at some point. Nikola Vucevic is a starting center in the NBA. He's he's got the talent and the ability to start in the NBA. And the center position is a very difficult one to fill in in the league. So when you have a starter caliber center, you need to you need to keep him until you find that replacement, until you find that better option. And arguably, Bismack Biombo fits that bill if you want to go if you want to go that direction. Uh, and so I, I'm certainly more open to trading Nikola Vucevic than maybe I, I would have been before because I, I do think Biombo can slide into that starting role. Um, certainly, they're paying him like he should. I think Alfred Payton is very much in the same boat. So when I look at Alfred Payton, I, I don't think to myself, the Magic have to trade him. Or the Magic have to draft a point guard to replace Alfred Payton. I'm not there yet. But what I do think is if the Magic believe a better option exists, then they need to go for it. 
They shouldn't feel settled at point guard, just like they shouldn't feel necessarily settled at center. They need to go for the better option when it comes along. But they shouldn't force the issue and be left kind of holding the bag with no starter caliber point guard. Even if, say, the Magic draft Dennis Smith, I'm not against keeping Alfred Payton. Because I I think Smith can play some shooting guard. And honestly, he's a rookie. I don't mind bringing him off the bench to start the season. You know, he earns a spot. And then eventually you move Payton on. Because honestly, when it comes to trade value for Alfred Payton, I think his value is going to be a little bit better at the trade deadline than it is now. Right now, I don't think anybody knows how to value Alfred Payton. And I think this is generally true about all the players on the Magic. And and why it's going to be a little bit difficult to pull off the deals that I think the Magic need to pull off. It, it, I think the ma- I think the Magic are in a situation where they value the players on their roster more than other teams do. So a guy like Nikola Vucevic is valuable to the Magic as a starter, but may not be valuable to other teams as such. Or teams may not be willing to give up a starter to get Nikola Vucevic to start for them. I think the same is true for Alfred Payton. I think the Magic value Alfred Payton very, very differently and, and much more much higher than a lot of other teams. And so it's going to be difficult to get, get equal value or improved value back for them. That's my main point when it comes to trading some of these key guys. And in, in order for Orlando to trade them, they're going to have to be willing to take a step back in talent or add in some players or take on a bad contract. That goes especially for... Evan Fournier. If the Magic do want to trade Evan Fournier, actually, I think that the issue with Fournier is A, his contract. He's got three years left on a deal that's going to pay him $17 million a season. So it's not quite ripe to trade him. I don't think teams are, are, are getting in line to, to trade for him, even though he is a valuable player. And if the Magic do, they've got to take equal salary back, which means they're probably taking back a bad salary in order to either get a, a role player that they want or some, or some other situation. You know, certainly you could exchange maybe bad salaries. I kind of expect the Magic are going to try and do that with DJ Augustin, where they'll look to, to trade Augustin for a backup role player who's probably a little bit overpaid or, and on, on an equally maybe long salary too. So there's, there's definitely a lot at play and a lot of moving pieces here for the Orlando Magic as they look to improve their roster. It, it, it may not be something that happens at the draft. They may have to wait until free agency dies down a little bit and the market kind of settles and someone's left holding the bag. I think Vucevic especially is going to be very difficult to deal because this is gonna, the trade market this summer is going to be oversaturated with bigs like him, bigs who do not fit the kind of modern style of NBA big. Um, guys like Brooke Lopez, guys like uh, maybe Enos Cantor, guys like uh, no, there's, there's, there's a, there, Dwight Howard might be actually be on that list. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of centers... Uh, uh, Jalil Okafor. There's a lot of centers in this trade market this offseason that fit Vucevic's profile. And Vucevic is on the better contract. Don't get me wrong. So maybe that gives the Magic a leg up if they're looking to deal him. But again, I think the Magic will have to take a step back in talent to trade him. I don't think that they can get equal value back for any of these players. Having said that, one of the questions that I got is uh, who do I think the Magic are most likely to trade? Uh, That came from, pulling it up here, that came from Jonathan Leonard, who asked which current player on the roster is most likely to be traded at the NBA draft. Um, My gut and probably the good money would say Alfred Payton. Um, I I, I do think that the Magic are looking for a point guard. Uh, This is a point guard heavy draft at the top. 
But as you get into the middle and even into the back half of the first round, the draft dries up at point guards. You got Jawan Evans and Frank Jackson from Duke. You've got uh, Frank Mason the third from Kansas. There, there, there are some point guards here at the back end of of the draft, but not very many, and certainly not starter quality. So if a team misses out on a point guard, uh, and, you know, there's you know there's still rumors about Ricky Rubio, move, you know, getting moved around. So so Peyton's still kind of in the back of the line, but. If there are teams that miss out on starting caliber point guards at the top of this draft or in the middle of this draft, certainly that could be an area where the Magic look to trade Peyton. So, I, I, you know, plus Peyton's on the last year of a rookie deal. So, you know, team gets a year to kind of figure him out. They, they, they can do extension talk. They can hold this restricted free agency rights. So there is a bit of an advantage to trading Peyton now. And I, and I do think Peyton will continue to have some value. And I think, his, I think especially if he plays and plays well, that value will continue to grow depending on what the Magic do or what the Magic need. But I'm going to go a little bit off board here. I actually think the most tradable player on the roster, besides Aaron Gordon, who I don't think is on the market, but I think the most tradable player on the roster is actually Terrence Ross. He's got two years left on his deal, $21 million, $10.5 million over the next two years, uh, for the next two seasons. He's got a lot of those skills that that teams like in that he's a decent three-point shooter. He can kind of create his own shot. He can kind of get to the basket a little bit. You know, teams will believe that, hey, we can find the consistency in this guy. guy. And, and so I think that, believe it or not, Terrence Ross actually might have some value on this trade market. So, you know, not to say that the Magic should give up on Ross or the Magic should absolutely trade Ross, but if the Magic are looking to get equal value back or... To, to get another first-round pick, maybe, or, or do something interesting, something really, really interesting or big, Terrence Ross might be the guy you actually move because he's got a, a movable contract. He's got skill. He's, he's someone that other teams would want. Uh, and so, you know, I think that certainly that's something the Magic should, should explore. Uh, honestly, at this point, the Magic should be open to exploring just about anything and everything because their roster needs a lot of improvement. And, and, and so I think that's kind of the approach that the Magic will take entering the NBA draft and entering the trade season associated with the NBA draft. Have a lot more on the NBA draft coming up with the rest of the week. I'll answer some more of your Orlando Magic questions on another Mailbag episode next week. So stay tuned for that and be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for my complete answer to these questions and more in the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. That's going to do it for me on today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank you all for listening once again. Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Really appreciate the, the listens. Really appreciate the follows. Be sure to give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Daily, as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Our draft player profiles continue on every day leading up to the NBA draft. We're hitting some big names this week. Got Lori Markinen up on the website already, so check him out. I'll discuss him in a little bit more detail on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow Locked on Magic on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosson Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.